Welcome to the Adjusting to the Real World podcast, where we help you navigate through the crazy world we're currently living in. And now, here's your host, Professor Jim Wilkinson. Uh, thank you very much, Joe, and uh, welcome to this ongoing podcast on uh, mainstream topics. And one of the mainstream topics we want to talk about today is in the advent of COVID, a lot of leeway and a lot of latitude has been given to big box stores and grocery stores, etc. And the smaller businesses have been sort of, you know, pulling and scratching in order to maintain the same business uh, profile, the same business format. So we have with us today uh, Bob Boylard, who is the vice president of Boylard Lumber. And Boylard Lumber is in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. And it's a little less than a quarter mile from a Lowe's and about a mile and a half from a Home Depot. And there's been major studies that have gone out about this. And Lowe, uh, Forbes magazine did a great study on how the small companies are addressing this deal with the big box stores getting the breaks. You know, Costco, uh, Sam's, Home Depot, Lowe's, all the big box stores have been open full ever since the pandemic started. Uh, while, the, like I said, while the smaller businesses have been left to scratch from behind. So I've got some questions that, to talk to Bob about that came out of the study from Forbes magazine. And it talks about a few things that small businesses have to do. The number one topic is to highlight your value, okay? When you compete with the big box stores, okay, you compete with big box prices, large scale retailers can charge lower prices because of economies of scale, okay? So you should, what you, what you shouldn't try is all of those things to compete with the big box store just on a price type of thing. So what happens is they're saying that focus on showing the value of the differentiation in your lumber company, Bob, versus the big box stores. Promote what makes your business better, not cheaper, better than your competitors. What do you think it is? Uh, it's, it's fairly easy to answer. That it would be uh, service. Um, one of our main focuses is customer service. Uh, right from the moment they walk through the door to the time material gets on a truck and out to someone's home. Um, we try to follow through with any issues that may arise along the way. Um, and, and we feel that that's a, a huge value to the customer. Um, not, not saying that independents aren't, um, I should say they're, they're, they're independents are still pretty price competitive, but again, we're, we're there, you know, ownership is in the building. Um, you don't get that at a big box store. If, if foam rises to the top, we're there to help. Uh, you, you won't get that at a, at a big box store. For sure. So how do you, how do you promote that ownership is there for you? Well, I mean, we, we've, we've, the last few years, we've a lot of money into advertising um, because the, the generation that's coming up through uh I don't know if you're going to edit this, but the millennial generation, they're very accustomed to brands, um, whether it be a Nike swoosh or a Lowe's or a Home Depot or something like that. It's 
it's one of our challenges as an independent to, to get our name out there. And then once we get them in the door is to keep them coming back. And, and I think the service aspect of it is huge, um, but advertising and putting money in, in that, uh, that little bin uh, helped us significantly over the last few years, uh, certainly helped us over this last year and, and hopefully will help us greatly in the future. Uh, and so we can still maintain our strength. Well, that's that definitely pretty good. Uh, one of the second topics that uh, the Forbes study came up with about is about getting personal. If you look at big box retailers or customers come in and out of the stores all day, they don't have the time or the resources to get to know who these people are. Okay, maybe you do. What do you do around that personal part of Boilard being personal to whatever your local business is? Well, as far as personal, I mean, again, we have a lot of loyal, loyal customers, uh, local guys, um, you know, guys from from southern, northern, southern Connecticut, uh, some New Yorkers. We, we have some loyal customers when they come in the door. We know who they are. It's almost like a little cheers at times, and especially in the mornings when these guys are coming in to to get their materials for their day. Um, so most of my sales staff and ownership know the clientele. Um, we always love seeing new faces, um, and and a lot of these a lot of these guys and contractors, guys and gals, I should say, are very loyal, and they bring us with them. So, for instance, over the last two years, our business on uh, the vineyard in Nantucket and Cape Cod has grown exponentially because of a loyal following of our customer base here, who brought us out there. So it's a two way street. I think uh, I, I think knowing their name and getting personal, and knowing their personal lives is a is a is a huge thing and you almost become friends. Now, is there a difference between a GC, general contractor and a personal customer? Uh, and how do you treat them? We treat everybody the same. Because uh, a lot of homeowners, if they're building a home or remodeling their kitchen or whatever, they're gonna try to G, some, some try to GC, GC it themselves. Uh, but a lot of the guys that we see or gals that we see coming in for materials are the, are the labor force, the guys that are going to actually nail the sticks up or the trim or the, or the cabinets. So those are the guys we know. Uh, and then we have an outside staff that, that manages the general contractors that handles them and their daily needs. And of course, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, hang our heads to any new faces that come in. So if you want to try to achieve and, and GC your own home, we have people there to help you and walk you through it from, you know, looking at the blueprint and telling you what to do to uh, different avenues and, and different creative ideas that you could have. So, so do you run CAD systems within Bob, uh, within Boilard Lumber? So that if someone came in and said, Hey, this is what my kitchen looks like. Here's the measurements. Can you do a CAD design for, for them? Yes. On, on a kitchen design, kitchen and bath. Yes. We have CAD systems on hand. So, uh, we get we get uh, the measurements and we can design a kitchen with with what we sell as far as product goes. Uh, we render it into a blueprint format and we can render it into a full blown color um, synthetic image, if you want to say, to get you kind of a virtual idea of what your kitchen might look like. Uh, so that's definitely available. Uh, we have two designers that do that on staff. Yes. The research has shown that when Home Depot started doing that, the design part of it, that was like a 30 or 35% boost in, in their kitchen sales or their, their, their design work was, you know, part of that. Do you, do you have outside contractors that work directly for you? 
No, what we try to do is it's, it's hard to do that because we have, like I said, we have such a loyal following. So if I recommended, say you were a contractor, I recommended you, I don't want to offend another guy that oh, does okay okay so we try not, so what we end up doing with our customer base is if they need help finding an installer we'll recommend two three four guys give them phone numbers business cards and, and let them go out and search out the those people and, and hire whom they want rather okay than. so you actually played the middleman position on we, this we do at times yes Okay, so that works well. So how about the in-store experience? One of the things in the study was that you have to create an in-store experience. You know, focus on the five senses. Let's say walk into Boiler Lumber's site. What am I going to see? Well, we just had a major, major remodel about two years ago. Um, so I think a lot of when a lot of new people walk in, Jim, they, they will say, I didn't realize you were this big. That's basically the comment we get because the store is, is pretty large, um, but you don't get that vision from the street when you drive. Yeah, do you advertise that? We do. We have a lot of advertising that goes on inside the store, but of course it only grabs certain facets of it. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, I mean, we, we, we have gone through some advertising with the remodel, um, but we, we've, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a amount of square footage for displays, kitchens to, to paint and sundry to everything. We have pretty much everything uh, that you would find at uh, at your big boxes, but maybe not a wide breadth of choice that they have. Okay, how about the sense of touch? Sense of touch? Yeah. Everything's clean. Everything's new. Every gondola in the store is less than two two years old. Um, so I mean, it, it's uh, you know, especially with the COVID times, we we yeah, watch that, that's, what, that's why I'm saying that. Yeah, everything because... everything's cleaned up, and and uh, we have uh, uh, hand sanitizer throughout. So um, stickers on the floor for social distancing. We ha we have all of that, and and um, it, it's been working out well. Everybody's been very very good, very accommodating. So, what do you feel that uh, if a new customer was walking to the uh, to buy boiler to to boiler lumber? What would be their sense of, you know, all their, their visual, their feeling, their hearing, their touching? What would be the sense of what they would experience going in there? Well, if they're just walking in, I mean, not, not knowing what their, what their uh, project is, they're going to walk in and they're going to see, um, you know, about 70 feet of power tools on one side. On the left side, they're going to see uh, all sorts of hand tools and leather goods right in front of them to a massive wall of, of decking displays, uh, things of that nature. So that's, that's like the first focus when you walk in that store. Um, and of course there's signage, every aisle is signed and marked. So you know, what's in every aisle. Um, I, that was, that was a know, big one on the study that was gone for Forbes was the product demonstration is not just seeing the product, but being able to demonstrate that product, the use of that product and such, what does Boiler do around that? Well, that, that's a good question. Since, since again, we're, we're down to, if we wanna talk about space, we're, we're not a big box. So we don't have 120,000 feet to do what we wanna do. We're limited to about 12. So we, we've tried to, um, we get product, our product packaging is pretty decent as far as um, you know, how it's used projects that can be do, uh, done with this. We also have computers there that we can, uh, you know, as everybody does, you can YouTube 
um, the project and, and see how this thing is in action. Okay, um, so that, that, that's what you don't get at Home Depot, yeah. that's for sure. And we, we, do, oh. we do sell a, a high-end line of German tools that um, they do very similar to you. They do podcasts and they do YouTube uh, videos on how to use the tool. So when people come in for that, we direct them there and they can see, hey, how's that router work? Well, hey, here, go see this guy over here and he, they can run a video and you can see it because I can't plug one in and do a project for them right at the store. That product presentation got to be pretty big. On uh, doing that, it was part of that design part, not only the design, but the demonstration of the appliances, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now, there's a, we're a convenience based society, there's no doubt. You know, people want in and out. I want to go in there, I want to get my stuff, I want to get out, and we're time limited. Uh, everything is drive through, everything is convenience based. So from a, from you know, looking at the physical size of your of your company, what do you do to make it more convenient for that in and out customer? Uh, well, uh, compared to our competition in blue and orange, I mean we uh, um, we have people that work in each of our buildings, so you're not uh, kind of relegated to pushing a dolly around with fifty two by fours and a couple sheets of drywall on it and waiting at the register and scanning everything. So for us, what you do is you come into the store, you see one of my frontline sales guys and say, this is what I need. You get a, a nice pickup ticket. You go out and see our guys and our guys load your vehicle for you um, or with your help, they load the vehicle, pick the material. You're, you're allowed to, if you don't like something, you pick another two by four. Um, so it's always service oriented from the time you go in until the time you go out. I would venture to guess that the time to pick up the same material from us versus a big box store is probably a fraction of the time that you're going to spend there versus with us. So, so, so we have to promote that. we got to get to the point where we are really promoting that, mm -hmm. you know, we save you time where you can stop and get your coffee and bagel after you've already, you've gone to Boilers and you can stop and get your coffee and bagel where you're too much of a rush after you finally get checked out in the big box stores. That's a good point, which leads me to the next topic. And that's talking about the uh, superior sales support. I see where you can have a salesperson upon entering Boilard Lumber. But what about the sales support? What's, what do you have for support to support your salespeople to put that push that product in the in the marketplace. Oh, you mean to, to help our frontline guys? Yes. So so not only our frontline guys, we have of course outside guys that are assigned certain territories. Um, we do training for them every Wednesday, product training for them every Wednesday morning. Um, so they're well versed on product lines that we have or what we can get. Um, if that's what you're leading up to, Jim. So they're, yeah, they're definitely that's what right, we they're, do. They're that's well the educated. So once a week they spend time. We have a conference room up in the second floor. They go up in two shifts, um, either with vendor reps or as recently with the COVID, been Zoom. <laughs> so we've yep. been doing a lot of Zoom product seminars. Um, and, and these guys are, like I said, they're, they're updated and, and ready to go weekly on new products. So you have your, the, the vendors doing the sales support for your salespeople that also do the sales support to the frontline people. Uh, the first people that they come and walk into and the first people they meet. Yeah. The vendors, the vendors themselves and the companies we purchase from are, are, we look at them as uh, teammates more so than, than suppliers. 
Um, so they're very good at, as, as, at education and, and helping us all grow and, and learn the products. And okay, is there an education process that all these vendors have come up with? I would say they're very similar, Jim. They, they all, you know, we, we tend to, we'll tend to sit down with our reps and say, hey, what can you do? I mean, we got a new, so we got a new line of railing coming out for decks. All right. So a lot of these railings take different types of, uh, you know, connections and things like that. So we'll actually sit down with a vendor and say, well, we need to do a class on this, you know, and then we'll schedule them. So um, if that, you know, they're all, they're all willing to do it. And, you know, as far as the education goes, the, the vendor reps are, are very tuned into their products and, and they're all willing to do it. Now, does that, how does that show up from, from a customer's standpoint? A customer standpoint, they don't, it would be, this would be almost like back office. So they don't see it unless they come in and talk to one of my guys and, and they'll end up, you know, educating the customer based on what they've just learned. Um, not to say that we've had, we've had bigger conferences, I should say, um, with some of our newer, newer guys that will, we will invite some of our larger um, customers to attend just so they can get an idea of uh, that product and, 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 and the like. So that's, that happens rarely, but it does happen. So if you got these batches of GCs that are out there building homes, one of the things that just came out of the news today, that the demand for houses has gone down drastically. So there may be now a, a, a glut of housing availability. Okay, so the GCs have to be a little more creative in what they're going to offer. And do you have this network of, of all of dealing with that type of back end customer? Well, I mean, as far as that would be along the lines of what they would do as far as business goes. I mean, we look at from from what I've read and within the industry um, is that a lot of your new home starts will be delayed or stopped just because of the price of materials have has skyrocketed. Um, but existing inventory in certain communities, you, you can't even keep it. You know what I mean? It, it flies out of here. So, but the GCs, that would be more along the lines of a general contractor. That would be his line of business and how he wants to approach what he okay. does. You know, well, we, that, we, I, can I, him. we can help I, him, but he's got, he's got to still run his business the way he wants to run it. I just want to give you an example. I, I got a new roof on my house and they had to replace five panels. The laminate, they were delaminating up on, you know, so they had to replace five panels. Uh, a, a neighbor of mine got their roof done 30 days later, the price of the five panels for me was about $280. The price of five panels for him, like a month later, maybe six weeks later, you know, like 800 bucks. What do you do with, with in a situation with that kind of fluctuating prices yeah, it, going on? It was a commodity game. So we have to monitor um, pricing daily. Um, just to make sure. And, and of course, we got to treat everybody fairly. I mean, we're not, we're not out there to, to, uh, to raise prices crazily because of. And you're exactly right, Jim. I mean, you could go in one day and pay $20 a panel, come in four or five weeks later, and all of a sudden it's $32, $35 a panel. So that's a 100% accurate statement. 
and, and uh, it happens and it's, and it's happening. So, I mean, it hasn't now, stopped. What do you think the big box stores do about that? I think they have to do the same thing because they have to maintain a specific uh, break even to run their stores. So they have to stay on top of pricing as well. So they can't give it away um, just like we can't afford to give it away. So, uh, you know, I haven't heard any real blowback from, from their pricing. Um, sometimes I do. I haven't heard anything in a while since I should say since the shutdown with COVID, you know, it's been, it's been very quiet. Okay. Do you see, what do you see as uh, a possibility of uh, price, uh, price leaders and lowballing? Do I see anybody lowballing price? There's always companies that are willing to lowball price because within, within the industry, you can buy different quality goods. You know what I mean? Instead of a, a, a five ply half inch Canadian piece of plywood made out of fur, you can buy a four ply half inch piece of pine, you know, and save 10 bucks a sheet. Um, of course, that's not material I carry. We always try to tend to carry the, the upper end stuff. Um, but there's, there's, there's yards out there that um, I should, shouldn't say, yard, I should say national, there's a national chain out there that will be willing to sell whatever they can for whatever they can to, just to get the job. So now do you, are they a competitor of yours? The one I'm just speaking of? Yeah. Oh, they're all competitors. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, cause I don't even know what he, what, what he put on my roof. All I know is I got a beautiful roof and I noticed that the snow is not melting. So I know it's well insulated up there and, I, you know, so those are, I mean, that's all I know. I don't know what the quality of what, what he put up there. What do you do to get down to that end of the customer that would go to me as the customer that was getting that material that they got from Boiler Lumber what do you do to get that information down to that customer base? Well, it depends on, I mean, are you saying, are we working directly with you as the customer or are we working with a contractor doing work for you? You may be working with a contractor, but how is it that you get to the everyday user, end user in use, they call that in marketing. Well, how is it that you get the information, end user in use, that they're getting quality out of boiler lumber? I, again, I think most of the most of the loyal uh, customer base we have understand what we have for product, um, and I, I truly believe that if you talk to any new person coming in that is making their first purchase, uh, they'll be willing to say that the quality of goods that come out of our facility are far better than most of your your big boxes. Uh, there's no doubt. I, I I put quality against them any day of the week, from simple pine to sheet goods to anything. So that'll lead to the next topic, as a matter of fact, because they talked about in this study that was done about the social media buzz. And it's not just a Facebook social media, but it's a combination of all social medias. It's having daily tweets go out for Twitter, having, you know, Instagram for showing a picture of a cheap laminate versus of something, you know, on Instagram to show a cheap laminate versus a very good you know, piece of wood uh, to show uh, the quality of, uh, of the decking material that you use or the tools that you use. What's Boiler doing around the social media buzz that the big box stores are not or should be? Well, I, I don't, I couldn't answer you as far as what the big boxes are, aren't doing in that facet of advertising. Um, I will say that we work with a marketing firm out of Springfield that handles all of our 
uh, tweets, um, our blogs, and our website to our Facebook and Facebook ads. So it's a group that works for, for us and they'll run uh, stuff by us and put it out there. Now, when we do comparative stuff, like you were just saying my stuff versus their stuff, that's um, a big I, one. I always get fearful of that because of the litigious society we're in, <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, if you, if you put something out there that, that could be embellished, you know, who knows what could happen. So we, we just try to promote ourselves um, and not really demean or, or anybody, our competition. I think that's one of the keys right now is self-promotion because it's always Coke is better than Pepsi, you know, those type of things. You know, and uh, so that self-promotion is probably one of the keys. And like I say, if it's handled by a firm, do you have a podcast? We do not. Are you ever considering it? We have never even discussed it in any of our marketing meetings, no. Uh, you ought to, to, to consider that because when people hear about this podcast and they hear the Boilard podcast, uh, they're going to say, hey, how can we talk more about Boilard? So you ought to I'll get come that. back, Jim. I'll come back. Yeah, you're welcome back. You're, you're welcome back in any time, Bob. So what, one of the, another part of this uh, study was about getting involved with the community. You know, we are as much, if we're looking at Western Massachusetts, okay, we are very isolated as a community. If you're west of Worcester, you're not even part of Massachusetts in general. This is a general, you know, uh, identity type of thing that we've that it's been on since I've been uh, living up here and I moved up here uh in you know 1970 so it's been that general thing so what do you do about the western mass community for getting boil art involved in the western mass community for us to get involved in the western mass community I, I think I think we all play the same game here is, is that you know we sponsor local sports teams um, whether it be baseball, basketball, um, we, we donate to build dugouts, picnic tables. Um, we've done uh, the last three years, we've um, sponsored the Thunderbirds with, with some big, big, uh, you know, help there. Um, so we, we try to stay within our local community and, and we kind of have our fingers, you know, elsewhere with, with uh, trying to help the Boy Scouts and uh, things of that nature. So we, we try to do what we can. Again, we're, a, again, a small business. So, you know, we can't be everything to everybody because if we, I think if we did every project that was requested of us, we would be in trouble because there's a lot of requests. And there's no people. doubt. There's no doubt. But I mean, yeah, what we, do we can locally and, and uh, help out where we can. Absolutely. So how does Boiler, like, you know, when they did that, uh, that home makeover thing where they did the thing oh, out yeah. in uh, yeah. Suffield, Connecticut, or wherever that was at, Suffield, Connecticut? We did one of those, Jim. I couldn't tell you where it was. We did do once. Okay, the home makeover yeah. thing? Yeah. Uh, you know, that was that was big when because when it became televised and those companies, the smaller companies, that no big box stores were, were promoted through that whole thing. That was small entities like the smaller entities not that boiler is small boiler is a big outfit when you if you get to drive in there and go inside and see you see the size of it that's deceiving as you said but it was that promoted through those small entities as a community type thing 
Is there anything you think is lacking in the community that big box stores have a footprint? Do I think they have uh, like a hold on something that that we may not? Um, I, 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 it's, for me, it's simple. I mean, I look at brand recognition. You know, it's one of those things where if someone's going to go um, to a hardware store or, or home center, um, their first choice is going to be the, the box stores, you know, that, that, you know, that it, and, it, and it's sad. I mean, the independents, we all strive hard. And I shouldn't say just, you know, home centers like myself, but you got some garden centers, local garden centers that, that are good, strong family owned businesses that, of course, would love to have more business as well but right, like 16 acres garden centers versus you know they do a great job but they, they're battling with those big boxes as well okay so do you think that uh from a community do you think that their community footprint is as strong as boilard lumber community footprint i would i would say i hate to say i would i would say stronger jim i would say they have a, a stronger footprint just because of of uh recognition Okay. More so than anything else between uh, the amount of money they spend in TV advertising to Sunday flyers to uh, um, promotional goods and items that they sometimes have. They have a pretty well, you know, they're, they're pretty strong out there as far as recognition goes. And, and that's one of the reasons why we, we have been sinking a lot of money in advertising, trying to get those, you know, just a few of those people away. We don't expect everybody, but, and it's been working. So people have been coming in and, but I still think they, these boxes have the power of, of, of the cash to, to be a presence wherever they are. Yeah, no doubt. There. There's no doubt about it. They also have the footprint. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, if you take the, the, they can park more cars than they can fit people in the store. That's a, that, that's a huge footprint. There's no doubt about it. And, and the location, you know, the main, the main road vacation uh, location is another uh, ideal proprietary thing for them. There's no doubt. So bottom line, okay, uh, last word here. Let's get the last word out. Uh, what do you figure, the last word, what do you think the, the, the probability of success going forward? For us? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. I think we have a, a, a top-notch staff um, we have top-notch vendors, top-notch products. Uh, I, I think if, if the numbers can hold and the, eco the economy can hold tight, um, I think we'll be okay. Um, of course, the challenges that we face, Jim, is, is uh, besides the price fluctuations, is, is acquiring goods to sell. I mean, it's with this uh, COVID, has been a, it's been a challenging year to get product. On the supply um, line, on the supply, supply side? Supply side has, has been very difficult, very challenging. Um, and is it, the, is it the distribution of the supply side or is just the quantity of supply? Did both. So you, you have an issue with us. So you have a, a, a production side issue to a trucking issue where there's not as, uh, enough truckers to get product moved around. Um, so it's a, it's a two-pronged two issue. Um, we, we know that we have products sitting on the docks from Germany that sit there and we can't get our hands on it. It's got to go to Indiana first and then to us. And so it's, and it's all about trucking. So it's the it's, fastest growing career today in America is CDLA truck drivers. Yep. Fastest growing. And, and they're starting them at 70 grand. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's an 11 week program at New England Tractor Trailer Training. Yeah. 11 weeks later, you're going to make a 70 grand. Yeah. That's, that's to me, is what a great investment. Oh, but that's going to aid Boilard on the backside to be able to get that product to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so, it is. I mean, I, I, I have stuff sitting on trailers now waiting for a tractor to put under it. So it's 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 a challenge. So the supply I, side is going to do it I, uh, uh, for one. And uh, what about on the sales side? Well, the sales uh, side, I think we're, we're good. I mean, we have, like I said, we have a good core group of outside guys um, and we have a good following of loyal customers as long as we, you know, uh, sit down and, and work things out with everybody and, and anybody who wants to come in um, we do quotes we'll, we'll sit down and talk about the numbers if we have to talk about the numbers um, and and we do what we have to do to make sure the customer's satisfied um, regardless of what happens you know we're, we're, we're there you know we're, we're not we're not someone that's going to disappear on anybody so okay so do you think that's the last word or you want to get to the listeners to the adjusting to the real world podcast I don't know. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a radio host or podcast host, so it's not my forte, Mr. Wilkinson. So my, what would what would you want them to know? What bottom I, line: Stop in at Boilard Lumber. Check us out. Give us a try, um, and, and we're there for you. Our, our service is there for you. Our guys are there for you. Um, we do everything from little pieces of, you know, little screws all the way up into kitchen redesigns, bathroom remodels, flooring. We do it all. And when we're there to help you and guide you through your project from start to finish. And are they going to be disappointed in any way? I sure as heck hope not. No, probably not. Probably, probably not. not. Probably not. I mean, it, it's, it's no, because we're there. You know what I mean? If, and it, like I said before, if anything happens, we're there. I think that's that Bob is definitely the last word that the listeners of this podcast. I want to thank you for your time. I think you've uh, enlightened a lot of people as to the challenge that small businesses are facing today. One of the big challenges that small businesses are facing today. But I think that you got it together from the operational side to be able to address these challenges. So like I said, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, I definitely would love to have you back with a couple of other small businesses, especially like some of your general contractors next time to see what the challenges they face from the supply side to the boiler being a supplier, what the challenges they face. And I'd like to have that as a future podcast. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And with that, uh, adjusting to the real world, You've got the bottom line from Bob Boilard, Boilard Lumber uh, in Springfield, Massachusetts. And stop in. You won't be disappointed. Thank you again. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. If you want to see what Professor Jim Wilkinson is up to, be sure to check out the show notes. Also, if you want to join the conversation, send us an email at adjustingtotherealworldpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week as we navigate through this crazy world together. Till then, stay safe.
This has been a Copy That Media Group production. Executive producers, Steve Wilkinson and Joseph Rivera.